Dr. Terry was my professor and he had some just really fantastic tools around helping you think about and apply your strengths. And he had us think about applying them in terms of the roles we play in life. So think about yourself as a student, uh, a sister, a best friend, a daughter. Um, You know, what are the roles that you play? And then how do those strengths play into those roles? Welcome, everybody, to the greatest podcast on the planet Earth. That's right, folks, The Maddox. My name is Andy Sokolovich. I'm a Gallup-certified strength coach and the owner of a coaching practice, Unleash Strengths, nestled right here in the small Midwest town of Clinton, Iowa. And today's a big day because if you listen to past shows, Grace always seems to have a connection with locations of our past guests. But today's my day, Grace. We're Yay. interviewing a fellow <laughs> Iowan. So I'm super stoked. Thematics is a podcast series created to highlight the massive impact the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment has had on now over 12 million people. And I'm not sure of the official numbers. Have we surpassed 12 yet? We're close to 13. Gotta be getting close yeah. there. I say we as in like it's me. It just It's just Grace and I <laughs> and Rachel just promoting the crap out of Strengths Finder. We've been able to get 13 million people to take it. No, there is a broad network of people, including a little organization called Gallup. Yeah, just a small place. Yeah, exactly. So for more information or to schedule an interview for yourself, you can go ahead and shoot me an email, Andy, at Unleash Strengths with an S, strengths with an S, dot com, or give me a call, 815-441-2219. And be sure to click on that subscribe button over at UnleashStrengths.com. And for doing so, you will get a free copy of our ebook, Five Steps to Kickstarting Your Top Five. My co-host, who I missed dearly over the last few weeks because we didn't we didn't record an episode because Grace was doing her minimalist challenge and I was cruising all over the state of Iowa doing some strengths coaching and other stuff. But the one, the only, the beautiful, the talented Grace LeConte <laughs> is back in the seat across from me in Yeah, we Washington. are sitting across <laughs> the desk from each other thousands of miles away, however many hundreds of miles. Yeah, Vancouver, Washington is still on the map. We are doing great out here. There was a slight earthquake just north of us in Seattle area, but we're fine. So no major tremors down here. Everybody knew it was an earthquake <laughs> because their their Starbucks coffee started to rattle and a little. That's the, <laughs> so yeah, yeah but, Grace so, is yeah, the co-host. I missed you. Oh my gosh, the last couple of weeks it felt like there was something missing in my life. <laughs> I know we didn't have <laughs> much communication. Is, I know we don't have this show, but we are so excited today to welcome Rachel and Kage. Is that how you say your name, Rachel? Kagi. Kagi. Excuse me, Kagi. Kagi. So excited we. I just got to know Rachel a bit in our little intro and um, really want to hear more about how she's connected with Andy and with Iowa. So, right, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. Not only is Rachel a strengths coach, um, but she also spearheads and put together the entire Iowa meetup, statewide meetup <laughs> that we have. And I say we, I've only attended one. Sorry, Rachel. And it was via Skype, but uh, I do plan to make it out your direction. So, enough of us, no more babble. Let's talk about you, Rachel. Go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Tell us what you're doing here in Iowa, why you love strengths, and then reveal your top five. Thanks, Andy and Grace. I'm excited to be here. Um, so uh, like you said, my name is Rachel Keggy, and um, I've been in Iowa now, or been in the Ankeny, Iowa area for a couple of years, and I serve as the leadership development manager at the FFA Enrichment Center. 
And that's a uh, meeting and event space here open, um, owned by the Iowa FFA Foundation. And so my job is pretty interesting. Um, it's kind of twofold. So I get to serve what we call Iowa's team ag ed. So those involved in agricultural education and offer leadership development opportunities for our members, which are high school students and also for our teachers. Um, but then the other part of my job, which is where I probably get to use strengths the most as of right now, is serving external clients. So I am a coach for hire through this role. Um, and so I get to coach and consult with different individuals and with businesses. Um, I've learned that I really love working with managers and teams. And so that's where a lot of my strength work has, um, has been for the last year or so. Yeah. So did I cover everything there, Andy? Sure. What's your top five? Oh, excellent. So my top five are Harmony, Maximizer, Woo, Belief, and Responsibility. FFA, what does that stand for? Yes, I was going to ask that too. (laughs) So that's a great question. So most people probably know it as the future farmers of America. So they're the high school kids that wear the blue corduroy jackets. You might have seen around. um, They changed the name just to the National FFA Organization back in the 80s just because um, there are tons and tons of careers in agriculture that don't involve being a farmer um, necessarily are direct, directly involved in production. So they wanted to make the name a little more inclusive. So that's what it used to stand for and how most people know it. Yeah, that's That's how I always remembered it. Sure. Future Farmers of America. But I feel so, I learn something new every time. Grace, what about you? Uh, I had really not been familiar with farming much <laughs> or yeah. egg, as they say in South Dakota. I was like, what does this have to do with chickens? What, kind of, <laughs> what do you do with eggs? They're like, no, egg, agriculture. And I'm like, oh, it's the accent. The accent. Exactly. So anyway, farming is incredibly important in our nation. And having not come from a very heavily farmed community, you know, in different places I've lived, Pittsburgh and Chicago, I mean, it's, it's just incredible how important that is to our economy, but especially getting children and, and youth to recognize that early yeah. is so important. So that's exactly what you do as a, as a programming manager and director, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the students are, that are FFA members are involved in an agriculture class at their high school uh, for the most part. And then um, they can be a member of the FFA, which is kind of that co-curricular program that offers a ton of leadership development programming and career exploration for students. So it's a really um, awesome organization. I've been passionate to be involved with it most of my life. My mom was an ag teacher and FFA advisor. So, oh, wow. um, so I've been exposed to to this world um, really since birth. That's awesome. Fantastic. Well, yeah, the, the harvest is in full force here in Clinton, Iowa. It's, Absolutely. it's uh, the bridges have been closed because of a lot of trucks going back and forth and combines <laughs> and it makes mm-hmm. for slower transportation. But you know what? I love looking at that. I love looking at the, the combines out there in the fields and it just... I don't know. It's cool. I like it. I agree. My, my husband grew up, I grew up on a, a small farm. Both my parents worked off the farm, but my, my husband grew up on a, a full, full-time farming operation. So we love getting back there and um, I love getting to, to ride in the tractor with him on that, the rare occasions that that can happen. So yeah, we have a, we have a little tractor, nothing, nothing massive like that, but we have a little subcompact and yeah, the closest thing I get you riding it, right? Yeah. The closest thing sometimes I get to farming is my tan. Um, so that's, <laughs> I have a question. That. Yeah. I have a question for you, Rachel. So you have responsibility and belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, Maybe those were revved up in childhood, being the child of farmers and farming advocates. Um, did you see any connection with having that in your life 
and having these strengths be recognized later? Oh, absolutely. So I, um, I believe both my passion for agriculture and my faith um, were both instilled from an early age and connect very deeply to my belief. I mean, I, I say all the time that I think my belief is a big reason why I'm, why I'm in this role and not doing, you know, leadership development or, um, you know, personal development anywhere else right now. Um, because I just have a passion for this organization and getting to serve these high school students. Um, so, and because I was exposed to that from a very young age, I think that that's absolutely part of, of how that was instilled. And I think, like you mentioned with responsibility, um, you know, just growing up on a farm, there were always chores to be done. Um, and my mom's never ends. Absolutely. (laughs) My mom's favorite line was you eat after the animals eat. So it, it was making sure we got those chores done and that our, our, livestock were well cared for. So I think that that responsibility was instilled early as well. Yeah. We say the same thing in our house, but when we say animals, we refer to our children. So that's kind of how that goes. So so Rachel, who introduced you to StrengthsFinder? How did you ever find out about this assessment? Yeah. So it's interesting that we've, um, you know, started talking FFA because that was actually my first exposure. Um, so when I, I grew up in Missouri and, um, I was able to serve Uh, blessed to serve as Missouri's state FFA secretary uh, back in 2006, 2007. So as a state FFA officer. Nice. And what the organization does nationally is gives state officers the opportunity to take the strengths quest. And so that was such a cool opportunity and really exposed me the very first time to this whole concept of strengths. Um, and I just really, it really resonated with me. Um, I loved getting to see how my other teammates were wired and how it helped with our communication. Um, and even just how it could help me, um, maximize my potential. And then when I was in college, I, um, was a part of a personal leadership development class that used this tool as well. Um, and then followed up that by, uh, with grad school, TAing that class and getting to, to guide students through taking their assessment the first time and the, the cool assignments that our, um, that our professor did around that tool. So, so yeah, it was kind of where my exposure began was kind of entering college in those, those years that I was at the University of Missouri. Did somebody help to bring out the, uh, the tools uh, application for you, or was that kind of something that was innate that you felt compelled to keep developing in yourself? Like, did anyone actually come along and and say, hey, Rachel, let's find out more about these strengths and kind of how they apply? Did anything like that happen? Or was it more like an internal thing for you? Um, I guess it was probably a little bit of both. Uh, Thinking back when I was a state FFA officer, we used it as a team some, you know, I would I would say we didn't dive super deeply into the use of the tool and how we work as a team. But we did we did definitely talk about it. Um, and had a couple of conversations around it early in our year of service. Um, but then in that that class, Dr. Terry was my professor, and he had some just really fantastic tools around helping you think about and apply your strengths. And he had us think about applying them in terms of the roles we play in life. So think about yourself as a student, uh, a sister, a best friend, a daughter. Um, you know, what are the roles that you play? And then how do those strengths play into those roles? And so that was a really a cool assignment for me to start thinking about this. And I'll be honest, you know, then that was my freshman year of college, and I probably didn't keep an intense focus on it until um, until later in life. Uh, but that was a really cool kind of first introduction and really laid some great foundation for me to develop a passion around this. And I think for me, I, I um, was just instilled with a very service-minded 
um, mindset, I guess, uh, from, from childhood with my parents. And so I've, what I love about the tool is maybe more than even just thinking about how it helps me is how, how it can help others and how it can help teams. And so I think that's what really ignited the passion for it with me. So Rachel, everybody that takes the strengths finder, not everybody, but a majority of them have this moment where they're looking at their top five and something just clicks. We usually refer to it as like the aha moment. Can you explain how that kind of happened for you? Did you look at these five and say, man, that's me? Oh, gosh. Um, I definitely I had lots of those moments, Andy. You know, the very so since I took that, I've taken the assessment twice and um, it changed just a little bit. But all of those are still in my top um, top 10 to 15. Woo has always been in the top. Um, and when I was because I was just um, leaving high school the first time I took it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is why I've always loved going to all of these conferences and meeting new people. And that's why I've been able to build this huge network that maybe some of my peers haven't seemed interested in. And I could never understand, why don't you want to know everybody in this room? Um, and so I think that that helped it click for me. But it also helped me from because I feel like I was so still so young, I was definitely still a little bit immature in that strength. And so I was like, oh, this is why some people have told me that I come off as a little fake. And that was really hurtful because that was never my intention. Um, And so it helped me gain some awareness about how to use that strength more intentionally and with more success. Um, And then those sorts of moments have just continued throughout my life, uh, throughout my marriage. You know, my husband and I use and talk strengths pretty often to explain our ways of thinking and communicating and and how or why we're getting things done the way we are. So, yeah. Sorry, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We, we both have woo in our top – well, I, it's in my top ten. It's in Andy's top five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> woo. Woo-woo. Yeah. We, we both have issues. I'm not trying to talk for you, Andy, but we both have problems with, like, talking a bit too much or getting people too excited or, you know, kind of pushing people in the wrong direction. And then they're like, whoa. Yeah. Like, stop trying to win me over. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Well, we've been asked, you know, we sent out a survey a few months ago asking our listeners, you know, what they want to hear more of on the show. The one request that we hear over and over and over again is they wanted to hear about the balconies and the basements of individual themes. And and I think Woo is one that's come up. But let's talk about Harmony, your number one. Give us a little bit of insight. And I didn't prepare you for this, so it'll be (laughs) off the cuff. But give us a little insight into the balcony and basement. And for those that aren't familiar with those terms, the balcony being the positive way this talent is often used or applied and really the most effective way. And the basement being sometimes when you bring it on a little too strong, it can cause this. And usually it's somewhat of a a negative uh, feeling or a feeling of overwhelming other individuals. So let's go to harmony. And Rachel, if you wouldn't mind, just touch on the balcony and basement of harmony. Sure. Absolutely. And I have to say, because I know she's been on your show once, if not twice, but Rhonda Boyle, once gave me the analogy that she doesn't love the whole balconies and basement. She likes referring to it as the penthouse and the outhouse. Okay. And I kind of love that. <laughs> that, that sounds like Rhonda. And with her accent, I'm sure it sounded much cooler. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause she said, you know, when you're operating in the outhouse, honey, you stink. So <laughs> I just loved that. She talked me through that. Uh, I don't even remember how we got on that topic, but I had connected with her about starting a meetup. So um, anyways, I just had to throw that in there and, and give her that credit. Cause now I, I, that's how my brain always thinks about these, <laughs> but, um, so sorry to get us back to harmony. I think when I'm operating at my best with harmony, I can take 
a situation that may or may not have tension, but definitely has some disagreement and help people find an area of consensus. And that doesn't mean that we all have to agree with all the points, but let's find areas of where we can agree and keep progress moving forward. Essentially, what it means is that I just don't find conflict to be all that productive. Now, I do totally understand that there is a place for healthy conflict and healthy disagreement, but I think that we have to be able to move through it quickly and not just stew there, if that makes sense. So I think I have the ability to help people see where their areas of agreement are and move on. But I think that then um, on the outhouse or the basement side of things, um, sometimes it can come off a little people pleasing, a little bit like I, I really want to avoid conflict and so I'll do whatever um, whatever to avoid it. And I, I try not to operate in that way very often, but I think that um, the way my my belief and my harmony sometimes work together is if I feel like it's a minor decision um, and whatever we decide is is okay, then I probably won't really voice my opinion because I'd rather just, make sure everybody else gets what they want and we can move on. So, and what I mean by that is like silly things like deciding where we're going to go eat for lunch. Um, I, it really doesn't matter to me if somebody else has a strong opinion that I'd rather them get what they want. Um, I can probably find something on the menu that, that will, will be good. (laughs) So, um, what is a restaurant that you wish you could go to more often though? (laughs) Oh, gosh. See, but that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh. We were talking about Applebee's earlier. Is that a place that you do like to go? Sure. I will absolutely go <laughs> It doesn't matter. Thematics is sponsored by Applebee's. No, no. It just You'd mentioned it, Andy. Why in the world did you mention Applebee's then? <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned Applebee's. But Harmony... It's, it's, no, yeah, go, go for it. So it's really like you, you kind of pick your battles. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to lock horns with somebody or I guess avoid locking horns with them. You're going to take more of the, they can have it their way because you don't want, you want to avoid that conflict. Yeah, I would say so. What I have found, um, the more awareness that I bring to these themes, what I found is that if the area of disagreement does, um, somehow connect to my beliefs, so my core values, um, that's when I might not be so afraid to really strongly voice my opinion. That's when that belief jumps up into overdrive. Um, but if I feel like it's something that we can we can find an area to agree on, um, that's where that's where my harmony is going to really kick in. We've all worked with those people who have come to meetings and basically said, "Can we all just get along?" And it, it, it <laughs> right. is sometimes it is irritating as you're thinking like, "No, this has to be talked about. We have to have this disagreement, this conversation to move forward." Sure. And you're right. It's, but I like how you said sometimes if your belief, if you're saying something, you're arguing something that's directly against my core beliefs or my values, that harmony is going to go out the window because yeah, I want to have this discussion. And I've seen I've seen that happen in me, and then I realize, okay, now now your belief maybe is in overdrive too much. So mm-hmm. or I reflect back on it. But I think harmony is also just a funny thing about um, about that theme is that it's also in my husband's top five. And so, um, what we have found, and I don't mean this to sound braggy at all, (laughs) but we really don't have big fights. You know, we talk to friends that, you know, they talk about disagreements they've had in their marriage and we certainly disagree. So don't, don't take me wrong, but, um, we really are able to move through our areas of disagreement pretty quickly and figure out what the best plan of approach is and move on. Um, because, and I really attribute it once we both knew our top five to that being there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what served us really well. My husband has harmony and we fight. 
Sure. More because he's from New Jersey. And he's like, <laughs> he just can't not fight. He's like, no, you, you tell me what you want and then we'll decide. And I'm like, no, you tell me what you want. <laughs> he's got the Jersey <laughs> swagger. We're not past this until we decide what we're doing. <laughs> nice, nice. There's a, there's a Jersey yeah. top five. <laughs> yeah. Cool stuff. Jersey- Jersey Harmony looks a little bit different than uh, Missouri Harmony, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, Harmony and Harmony, I think it's cool that you said that, that, you know, we mm-hmm. still we still have disagreements. They're just not, we both would rather not have disagreements. So yeah. we're going to avoid engaging where, you know, some couples are looking for that fight. I mean, and it's not healthy, obviously, for a marriage, but they're looking for that disagreement or they, they enjoy kind of the battle. And my wife and I are very similar. You and your husband, we don't enjoy arguing. We don't enjoy not seeing things through each other's lenses, but we, sometimes it happens. Sure. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's not, I don't want to ever give the impression that, that we've got this rosy marriage, but I mean, I think it's pretty great, but, um, but you're the couple that fights with a smile on their face. Like, honey, oh, I really love this dinner that you, <laughs> you made. Know, they're, they're Yesterday's was better. <laughs> there might be moments where we, you know, we'll realize we're not going we'll realize we're both getting more emotional than logical and say, okay, let's just take five minutes. We're going to go to different rooms. And inevitably one of us will come to the other and say, okay, I'm sorry. Here's the, where I see your point. This is what I, this is my point. Here's where I think we agree. And it, it's really, it, it goes back and forth on who that is depending on the disagreement. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think one, one cool thing about harmony is it's just, it reminds me of positivity in the sense that positivity is not, the Pollyanna thinking where everything is great. Everything is positive. That's not right. what that strength is at all. It's right. more that there's an enthusiasm for things that could go well and excited about moving forward with things, you know, and basically sharing kind of positive thought. And positive people with that strength can actually be very sad and get frustrated. And, you know, if people don't recognize that it's important to see things from a nice point of view, that may be frustrating <laughs> to them. So similar to Harmony, if people don't agree that there should be consensus, right, mm-hmm. or that there should be a way of agreeing, then that can be very frustrating. So actually my husband and with Harmony, um, if we are trying to deal with our children who aren't getting along, mm-hmm. <laughs> he can get very upset with the situation because there's agreement is not happening. Right. So he he's like, you know, forget the harmony part. I just want everyone to get along. And I'm like, that is harmony. <laughs> you can be upset and have harmony. You don't have to be you know, gentle, kind, and, and like, you know, kind of have like no energy when you, when you have the strength, because if you want agreement, sometimes you really do have to be a little more forceful to get people to agree, right? Yeah. I think sometimes people look at harmony and they, they automatically assume that means you have no backbone. And that's not what it means at all. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I need yeah. some harmony for my children. Well, I don't. Maybe it is harmony. Maybe that's what you <laughs> you uncovered, Grace, because they fight nonstop. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, I look at them and I shake my head, and then what happens is my daughter will go sleep over at my niece's house, and my son will say, "I miss sister." Aww. And I said, "Oh, that's magical." And then sister <laughs> comes so back, sweet. and it's like a hallmark moment, like oh. And, and then, then she comes back, and it's back to fighting. Yeah, right? and then the arms start swinging. <laughs> ah, he's looking at me. <laughs> so it's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, reeling this back in. We're throwing it off the tracks again, Grace. That's what I do. You know, that's kind of part of what we do. That's what I do. So, Rachel, (laughs) have you encouraged others? I mean, obviously, you use the assessment professionally within the FFA and stuff, but have you encouraged others to take the assessment and maybe describe, number one, your results and and how you go about explaining to them, hey, there's an assessment out here, and it's not just another personality test? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I can't help but talk about strengths um, and use it in language all the time. And so then people are like, you know, what are you talking about? What is this woo that you mean? Or what do you mean you have beliefs? Doesn't everybody have beliefs? Um, and so I'm constantly, it's just part of my language now. And so because of that, I end up having lots of conversations about taking the assessment with people. And so even, or I'll have somebody come to me, maybe it's a potential client and say that they want, um, a generic team building exercise. And I'll say, well, what, tell me about what's going on in your team. Um, and then as I begin to describe, I almost always find an opening to say, well, have you thought about, you know, rolling out strengths or have you, have you ever heard of the Clifton strengths finder? And that's a way that I often, um, encourage people or, or introduce people to this idea of taking this assessment. And, um, that's been met with a lot of success. Um, and I think that I've influenced several to, to take it either through my professional work or through in my personal life, because I'm constantly talking about it. Um, and I apologize, Andy, I kind of forgot the second part of your question there. <laughs> I forgot it too. So don't worry about oh, okay. it. No, we asked that question because sometimes you are met with resistance. And I find this every sure. single time I do like a large group exercise where you host a workshop, there's always one or two individuals that look at you like, you're selling me snake oil, man. There's no possible sure. way that this can be accurate. And so we asked that question to help other coaches and strengths enthusiasts alike to figure out ways to kind of to formulate their presentation for Clifton Strengths Finder and how it actually works to make an impact in your life. Cause you know, I, for one hated the word assessment and still kind of do when people want to assess sure. you, it's mm -hmm. like, well, I don't want to be assessed. Right. But it's been yeah. such an amazing tool for me and the progress of my personal and professional life that we try to equip others with that same kind of just tell your story, tell people how this has helped you mm -hmm. and maybe they'll take ownership of it. So yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I've done one work only one time in a workshop. Have I had, there were two people sitting side by side and, um, they were just very, very apprehensive, very kind of critical. So every time I used a lot of the content from the first conversations for teams from the coaching kits from Gallup. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think that that's a, they, they've done a really nice job of putting together a great introductory, uh, workshop there to expose people to this, this strengths finder thing. Um, and they, every time I would kind of pitch a question to the group or do kind of a think pair share, um, they would come back with, I, I just don't see how this is really all connected to, to the talent that we have, or this just seems too easy. Um, and so that was probably the one time I've been, been probably criticized or had the most critical feedback. Um, but eventually I mean, I do have woo. Eventually, I think I would have to win them over, um, or just at least make them see how even the way they were, even the way they were posing questions to me, connected to the way they think, feel, and behave because of yeah. their talents. And so, when when I when I was able to start bringing them those comparisons or those analogies, they were like, "Oh, wow, okay, maybe this, maybe there is some validity here." And the other way I talk about it a lot has to do um, with my faith because. And I think that that's probably a reason strengths resonated so deeply with me from the get-go is that I just think that this is such an awesome way for us to see the ways that the Lord has made us unique. And why wouldn't we want to know how to unleash this potential and be able to use the gifts we've been given? So I know that might not resonate for everyone, but for me, I think that's why I was just like, oh my gosh, this is a way for us to understand how we were made.
And so when I can explain it that way, um, I usually get met with pretty positive feedback. Could you explain really briefly, Rachel, what the think-pair-share exercise is? I haven't heard of that one before. Oh, sure. So um, it's just a really common education tool. So basically, if you were in a workshop setting, you would pose a question um, and let an individual think about it. Maybe it's just 30 seconds to a minute. And then they share their thoughts with the person next to them. And then they have a conversation. Maybe it's, you know, 60 to 90 seconds. And then they would, then we would open that up and share what they talked about in their pairs with the whole group. So it's just a way to create more dialogue than posing a question and and waiting for someone to respond. It's a way for, for people in a workshop Um, setting or in any kind of educational setting to really have to think critically and have a conversation about the topic before it's opened up to the full group. Hmm. Is this part of what's in the coaching kit that Gallup created? Um, I think that's something that you've done those moments. So my background is actually in education. I uh, got my bachelor's and my master's in agricultural education and have always thought I was going to be a high school teacher and God just had way different plans for me. Um, so it was a, definitely a teaching tool that um, I learned in college and going through an education program. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great tool to increase engagement. This I'm going to throw this out there because I had an interesting conversation the other day with somebody who told me that their resistance to taking the assessment was they did not want to feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think to that? I didn't know. I didn't quite know how to respond mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> Your woo can't accept that, right? Well, I mean, I accepted it, <laughs> but possible. you know, it, she said that she felt vulnerable, mm-hmm. and she's. I don't. There's certain things about me that I don't want others to know. Mm-hmm. And she I heard just that a lot. Yeah, and maybe see, it's because I ask questions in a way that people open up to me, and then they share that they're vulnerable. Maybe they're they're not ready to tell you that right away, Andy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe because be, I'm not that, I, you know, I am not that person <laughs> that people come to when they want a shoulder to cry on or they need some kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like a rigid, stoic individual just walks around and was like, stay away, <laughs> stay away. I mean, I'm pretty open. No, but You are open. But I mean, sometimes I think when people are struggling with feelings like that, they don't necessarily want, it's vulnerable to even say that. Right, Rachel? Have you yeah, had people I- share that with you? Uh, I don't know that I've had people share it quite that way, but I could definitely see where they where they might be coming from, and maybe there's something in their in their history that leads them to be pretty you know closed off or or at least protective of themselves. Um, so I could maybe understand that something had happened in someone's past that would lead to that. Um, I guess my thing would my my response to them might just be that you know, if you're coming to me as your coach, first of all, this is a completely safe environment. And what's shared here is never shared anywhere else. But second of all, I don't feel like this assessment is going to reveal things of that personal of a nature, but that maybe it will help you to think internally. And whether you share that with anyone else is completely up to you, but it'll help you reveal to you the ways that you're wired to to just perform best and enjoy, you know, thinking and having relationships best. So Um, I think it's a great tool for self-discovery, even if you never are willing or able to talk to anyone else about those results. You know, I don't think she was concerned about the vulnerability between her and I. I I do Mm -hmm. believe it was within a group setting because it was part of a Mm -hmm. group coaching thing. So yeah, no, that was the first time that brought up. I could totally see that because I've also experienced people twisting things that they find out about me and then using that to try to harm my reputation or my position in the group or, you know, a lot of times when we're outgoing and friendly and we want things to happen, activator, um, <laughs> some people don't necessarily think that that's 
something they want to see. So to get control back, they will use whatever means possible to take people like that down. So I have personally experienced where the results of different assessments have been used against me. So Mm -hmm. I can totally relate. Maybe that's why people open up to me because I can relate when I explain it that way. They feel comfortable sharing it with me too. I've had lots of people tell me that about this assessment tool. And also it speaks to you so clearly, doesn't it? It speaks right to who you are. So there's a fear that other people might see that too. And and all of a sudden things that you're trying to kind of keep close are revealed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what I experienced when I finally dug into my strengths. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Do other people see this too? Ah, (laughs) finally I just had to accept, you know, it's okay. It's okay to be open and share this with others because they really can't hurt me. You know, I'm, I am stronger than that. I don't don't need to be afraid. I do mention a lot in group coaching that the purpose of this is to leverage the talents of others with positive intent. Mm -hmm. And uh, it may sound like, duh, you know, common sense not to take advantage of somebody, but Mm -hmm. there are some of the themes out there where if you are willing to figure it out, you can kind of manipulate. Absolutely. It's human nature. It is. So let's, Rachel, we did a whole episode. Episode number 41 was a compilation episode we did based on this question. And say you're sitting down and there's a person sitting at a computer and they print out their report and they turn to you as a coach, as a strengths enthusiast. They got this information in the hand. They say, now what? What's step two? What's my next step? How do I leverage these talents? Yeah. So I don't know that I have anything super groundbreaking to add to that conversation because I just listened to that episode as well. Um, But I would echo what some of the other coaches have said and and use those reports, especially that insights report and the action planning guide. I love those resources and the, I love the insights guide. Well, I love, I love both of those because they pose some great questions to get you thinking about that strength, even after you've read Um, the description that they give you that's already super highly personalized. So I would start there. Grab your pen and highlighter. (laughs) Highlight the things that sound just like you. Scribble out the things that don't because that's totally okay. And then I always say to underline the things that you think, huh, I do that some, but I think I could do this better. Maybe this is a place for me to to really focus on this. So I always have people underline those. So that's the maximizer talking, right, Rachel? Yeah, totally. <laughs> there needs to be ink on everything, whether yeah. it's an underlying. And it can always be improved. It can be better. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then I would echo what others have said and, and make sure you share that with people. So find the people that you're closest to that know you the best and, and just share that report and say, you know, I would love it if you take some time to read this and tell me what you think. You know, where did you, what did you read that? does sound exactly like me and how have you seen this? Maybe give me some examples of how you think I might be using this theme. Um, And I've seen what that can do for people that maybe don't see one of these themes for themselves. Just sharing it with the people that know them best holds that mirror up in front of them and helps them to say, oh my gosh, I was just doing this so naturally. I never thought about it as a talent. I never thought that this was me because it's so embedded and who I am, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that sharing it with others would be another major thing I would encourage people to do. In that compilation, we spoke to Ryan Hammond from Quirk, and he said, you know what? I've had a lot of success when I just get people to read it again, just a second time. Uh, well, absolutely. And I'll tell you that um, when I looked at my calendar and saw we had this conversation coming up, I thought, you know what? This would be a really good time for me to pull out my own report again. Because <laughs> I think that even when even those of us that talk about this every day 
it can become really easy to talk about how other people are using their talent and not be internally focused on how you're using your own. Yeah. Um, and so I got my own reports. I printed out a blank slate again and, and looked at them with fresh eyes and, and found several things. I thought, man, I could be, I really should be focusing on this or man, I wish I had brought some more awareness to this in this situation I just went through. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say don't let those just sit keeping them around and refer back to them pretty regularly. No, a good point. Cause I have not read mine in a long time. So you I, kind of, I hadn't either. I, I mean, it had been a long time. I think that, um, you know, the, this is a process. We're never, I don't think we're ever, and this is probably my maximizer too, but I don't feel like we're ever doing this perfectly using our strengths. Um, I think is a, comp- is always a process. And so I think, um, I remember listening to when Florence Hardy interviewed with you and she mm. said to this question that there was no need to speed and to come back to it regularly. And I, I just think that that is completely on the mark. No, you're right. Cause I was a speed demon with strengths. I mean, I read that and said, okay, I got to go, 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 go. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, uh, I sometimes wish I would have just throttled back, took my time and approached things a little bit differently. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But moving forward, man, I got a clear lens, and I'm driven to use those top five. Speaking of top five, Rachel, what's your favorite? Your top five, and why? Oh gosh, that's such a hard question. It is. That's why <laughs> um, we ask it. Yeah, that's why we ask, right? <laughs> I know, because I, I I love them all for different reasons, but then, um, I also always see ways that they get in my way <laughs> for each of them. <laughs> um, but I would say that probably my favorite is my belief if I had to pick one, because I think that that kind of serves as the foundation through which I, or on which I build all of these. Mm -hmm. So if something doesn't connect to what I value, what I believe, um, then it's hard for me to get excited about it. And that's even like down to projects at work or items on my task list. Um, it, It seems that I filter almost everything through that theme first. So I would say that that's probably my favorite, I guess. Rachel, do you have children? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. No. So when you do, you want to borrow uh, mine? You of, I'm sorry. You can borrow mine if you. <laughs> sure. You can have one of my three. Drop yeah. them off there for a month. Well, when you, Anna and I have talked about how we've we've uh, seen a lot of themes kind of popping up in our kids as they mm. <laughs> as they interact with each other, and I and since you work with high schoolers. Is that something that, you know, you you probably see that when you work with kids, right? That you can kind of see those strengths coming up in the ways that you interact with them, right? Absolutely. So um, I haven't, unfortunately, used this as much with my high school students yet. I'm hoping that we're going to continue to find some ways to do that. But yes, because I'm, I'm constantly filtering my world through themes, I'm often kind of identifying them and other people, or I think this might be a clue to this, that, that they have this talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can become really interesting when uh, I work a lot with chapter officer teams. So from different chapters, FFA groups across the state. Um, and it can be so interesting when I have a whole team sit down to start to see, okay, so this person probably has activator and that's why they just want to go from activity to activity and they this whole sitting thing and talking about what we're learning is painful for them <laughs> or others have harmony and they, they can sense the tension in the team and they want to make sure that and I probably recognize that one because it's high for me too but you know they might even be more timid to voice their opinion because of an experience they've had on the past with the team um, so I always try to to set a foundation for them to say 
you know, we are here today to help this whole team become better. And to do that, we have to be able to have open conversation. And that usually can get everybody on the same page. But yeah, I definitely am always working to identify these and the people that I work with, including students. Yeah, I do the same. And it's just so much fun to have a kid recognize that they might have a tendency toward one of these. I never make a promise like you definitely have activator or you definitely have woo or something like that. But but when they self-recognize through conversations, it's just such a beautiful thing because then they can put a word or description to how they feel about something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I noticed that when I go into pretty much any part of my job, um, especially when I'm working with, with clients or with students, um, my responsibility tells me that I want to make that experience the absolute best it can be for that individual Mm -hmm. or individuals. Um, and so that influences like how engaged I am, um, when I'm coaching and when I'm leading as well. And so always looking for those things and trying to bring those things out so that they really feel like this has been a valuable experience and they've gotten something they can take away. Yeah, I wrote down something you said, filtering your world through themes. I like that. Yeah. Stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that I didn't create that on my own. That was probably a Kurt thing. So yeah. um, I was fortunate enough to have Kurt as um, one of my trainers when I went through coaching training. And he was able to just give me all kinds of insights, him and Al both. So Yeah, as was I. My favorite time during the entire coaching session was when we do like a break and Kurt would just sit back in his chair and kind of lace his fingers behind his head and relax and just talk to you. And it was Mm -hmm. nice. It was nice as engaging with him in conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that we didn't get there earlier and I know we've already talked about so many themes that you might not want to go too deeply here, but he actually led me to one of my other biggest ahas around my strengths. And that's what he also shared with me, having maximizer and responsibility in your top in his top five. And he asked me, I, I don't remember exactly how he asked the question, but he asked me how I thought those influenced getting work done together. And he, he shared with me, he said, because what I find, and even in my own life and with other clients, is that that maximizer responsibility combination, and he, you know, he had such a way with words. Um, that that combination can lead to someone becoming a perfectionistic procrastinator. Mm, and nice. oh my gosh, that was just like, you know, an arrow through my heart. Like, wow, that's exactly how I um, end up doing some things or, or not or not doing some things on my list is that if it's, not, if it's not perfect, if it's not the perfect time, if I don't feel like I can do this to the absolute best it deserves to be done, then I'm not ready to start yet. Um, and he, he shared, he and I were able to share several examples from our lives that, and that was really a big aha for me around my strengths. Very cool. So this was Kurt Liesfeld. Yes. I could never pronounce his name correctly, but he was a very dynamic Gallup, um, collaborator and employee and he passed away several months ago. Is that right? He's the man when it comes to strengths, he's the man. So All right, Rachel. Now, we got people, thousands, millions of people listening to this show. Oh, gosh. Um, how, how do they get a hold of you if they want to get a hold? Not all one million at the same time. That'll be too many people <laughs> on a single subject email. But how do people reach you? Yeah, so the best way is honestly probably by email. So they can find me at rachel.keggy. And are you going to put the spelling? Of, you'll put the spelling of my name. Oh, we will. Of course. Yeah. So it's rachel.keggy at FFA enrichmentcenter.com. 
So Man. it's kind of lengthy, but that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm I'm at all of those places at ju- as just Rachel Keggy. Um, and I'd love to connect with anybody that wants to talk strengths. That's great. Yeah. So that's K-A-G-A-Y, correct? Correct. Keggy? Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, I w- my maiden name was Bartholomew and I thought, Oh, that's awesome. I thought I was getting you know, sweet. I'm getting a shorter last name and I got another one that nobody, can know, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, we do too. My maiden name was Sheffer and there's like 10 ways to spell that. And of mm-hmm. course, Sokolovich is not exactly the easiest name to spell either. Right. Right? It is easy. You just got to say S-O-K-O-L-O-V-I-C-H. And people always look at me and go, how many O's are in your name? I'm like, three. You just wrote it down. There's three O's in my name. Is that surprising? It seems like a lot more. I know. And nobody can ever pronounce it. Sokolovich. So, co, low, bitch. Break it down. <laughs> Break it down now. All right, you're going to make me jump on my soapbox and go off on a rant about my own last name. So, um, hard to spell last name. Common I know. Theme. Yeah. Grace, you got any other questions for Rachel before we close this bad boy out? Oh, bad boy. Rachel, would you mind just saying um, a bit more about the harmony that you share with your husband? Is there something you could suggest to other people who have a, the exact same strength with their spouse or significant other? I would just say talk about it. <laughs> I have conversations about, because obviously, even though we both have that in our top five, it looks different for both of us because it's influenced by the other themes in our top five. So Mm -hmm. I just encourage people, and that's, I mean, whether you're in a marriage relationship or on a team with somebody or in any kind of relationship, have conversations about this. I think that Don Clifton said it originally, but I recently heard Paul Allen from Gallup say um, this quote in a webcast that I just think is so powerful. And he said, strengths only develop in relation to another human being. So he basically said, you're not capturing the full results um, or your full potential if you're not having these conversations with others around your talents. And so I would say whether it's harmony or any other talent you share with somebody, just talk about it. Yeah, especially oh, woo. Fantastic, yeah. Especially yeah. woo. Can't do that, can't do that one alone. We have no problems talking with Woo. Yeah, so. absolutely. Woo gets a bad rap, but I think it's a fantastic strength as well. I completely agree. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Thematics. It's a pleasure, as always, to speak with you. And I guess I'll be talking to you soon, maybe during next meetup. That would be awesome. Thank you both so much, Grace, Andy. Yeah. I had a great time. So thank you. You too. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That was another episode of Thematics. If you want to subscribe to this, and who doesn't, you can go to unleashedstrengths.com forward slash iTunes and listen to it on your iOS device. Just go ahead and download the podcast app. It's also available streaming via unleashedstrengths.com. And this is your host, Andy Sikolovich, and I'll talk to you guys soon. In the meantime, I like to always say, stay addicted. Stay addicted.